welcome to your most favoritest baseball show ever, comma, fantasy, under the radar, part of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast family. I'm here as always with my good friend Ian Khan. Hello, my friend. And his good friend, Derek Van Ryber. What's going on, guys? We got a fun show today. Uh, so let me just set this up for you. Uh, we, there is there is a fantasy angle to all this because uh, you obviously have to talk about the players and what we expect from them and blah 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 blah. But uh, you know we've been talking about this over under show for a while. For those of you who are listening on on iTunes and Spotify and wherever you're getting us, um, who haven't been part of the under the radar experience, we uh, we got into over unders a little bit here, a little bit there. And, uh, you know, people want the over-under show, Ian. You want the over-under show. I do kind of want the over-under show. I think it's fun. And now that we've made our five choices, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. There's really only one that I'm feeling super confident about. And the other ones, I'm like, well, now that I'm looking at the depth chart a little closer, maybe I'm wrong. But, you know, I, I, I think it's a fun show, and I'm glad we're doing it. So here's, here's the premise. Uh, we each have $100. Um, and we can spend it on uh, any over-unders we so choose. We just happen to pick five that we liked. Um, you know, it's not going to be your typical, you know, we've, all of us here consume a lot of, uh, fantasy stuff and, you know, they've over, this is not your typical over under show. We're going to go through every team and be like, well, what do you think? Ian? This is one of those things we're creating the, the bets that we want to make with our money. Uh, perhaps real, perhaps not. So, uh, let's get into it. DVR, are you ready? Yeah, let's go. Uh, so d- first of all, uh, for those of you unfamiliar, maybe there are people unfamiliar, uh, you know, Vegas, well, I guess New Jersey, Delaware, wherever you can gamble now, puts out over-unders. Uh, you know, just basically an idea of how many games this team is going to win. Um, you know, they came out a while ago in early January, so obviously there's some movement. So I just want to get over some quick movement real quick. Uh, stole this from the Las Vegas Review Journal. Um, here's the movement. Houston has dropped from 97 to 94 and a half. And just, just FYI, these numbers we pulled last week, they were from February 10th. Um, and we're using the Westgate Superbook. I think that's a, that's a, it's a good one. Um, it's uh, pretty fair. The numbers look pretty normal. So uh, these, these numbers are all from the Westgate Superbook. Um, actually, you know, I'm sorry, the ones that we stole from William Hill. So anyway, Houston's gone from 97 to 94 and a half. I think there's a lot of hate involved in there too. Uh, but also DVR, you know, we might be putting out a column here on the site at some point, just maybe titled WTF Do I Do With The Astros? Um, Ian last night in a phone call asked me if he could rant on the Astros. So stay tuned for that. End of the show, we're giving Ian four minutes to rant. All right. Um, went up from three About the to Astros. Four. Yeah. Get revved up. I don't know how you're going to hold out for 45 minutes. I'll be, I, I got lots to say, and I expect DVR and you will also have something to say. It will not just be a, a con rant. DVR, how low is too low for the Astros? I mean, at, at what point, like, is this team going to just be slightly bad and just slightly worse than last year? Or is this going to be a team that's going to completely crumble under the pressure and the hatred and be like, oh, no one saw Houston's 79 wins coming this year? That, I mean, that seems extreme to me. I, I think it's, it's really hard to quantify the amount of added pressure that this organization has brought upon itself for the upcoming season. They are public enemy number one league-wide. All that being said, this is still a very talented roster. And there were some players who weren't even there two years ago. Now we can get into whether or not things were happening in 2019. That's probably a whole episode in and of itself. I I think there's collapse potential, but I don't think it's very likely. I don't think it's any more likely than most teams losing a star player and then kind of having things mentally unravel from there. So 
Uh, I don't want to overestimate that, but I don't want to discount it completely either, if that makes sense. I mean, I, I think the number right now, 90, 94 and a half, it's an easy avoid at that point. Like that seems kind of appropriate. The division is still a little soft. Some teams in the bottom of that division that are are kind of figuring it out. I mean, Seattle's far away from bringing up prospects and things like that. Uh, you look at the Angels, they're still missing some pieces. So, you know, it's not a bad division, but it's also not cutthroat where every team's ready to compete either. And I think that kind of keeps that number up in that low to mid-90s range. Ian, I mean, you look at this rotation, you got a 37-year-old Justin Verlander. Obviously, the loss to Garrett Cole, who I think DVR might have been referring to in the, the loss of the ace. 37-year-old Verlander, 36-year-old Zach Greinke. Uh, then you got McCullers, who has some question marks around him. Uh, here we go. DVR, you ready? Urquidy? Urquidy. Urquidy. And uh, Josh James, <laughs> who was injured a lot of last year and didn't get a lot of innings, uh, pitching mostly out of relief. Um, there are, you could say, a lot of holes in this Houston rotation. Um, plus, you know, the whole Trevor Bauer thing wasn't about the banging trash cans. Trevor Bauer said they were using crazy stick on their fingers to get this spin rate that's otherworldly. Um, and so one would assume that with all the eyeballs on Houston, if that were true, maybe that stops and maybe the spin rate goes, you know, normalizes a little bit. Um, None of us touched Houston, I don't think, in our in our over unders. I just want to get Houston out of the way and get everybody revved up for Ian. Um, but Ian is—I mean—is this like a, a strong concern? Are you downgrading the pitchers as well? Because if Trevor Bauer was right, um, you know, a they're a little bit old. B the last three guys are pretty untested, and C if they stop using whatever foreign substance that he alleged they were using. Um, that's going to change the spin rates a little bit and thus change their pitches. I'm not worried about the, sp- uh, the the substance or the spin rate. I actually think it's a spot low. I'm just not at all interested in rooting for my bet to come. And by the way, let me just say this is important. This is not, we're, we're not recommending betting or suggesting that you take our bets and then go and make bets for yourself at all. Be careful. Be mindful if you have a gambling issue. That's not what this is about. This is really more about over under what do we think of the teams and we're sort of throwing in this idea that we're we're not actually maybe Nando and I and Derek we might make one bet just for the fun of it but it's not to be it, it's to be mindful of I just want to put that out there as a as a disclaimer for everybody uh, in terms of the Astros I actually think that the, it's a little low I think that because of what Derek's saying about the division that in Houston really has a great lineup I mean you're talking about you know Guriel Altuve Correa Bregman Brantley Springer uh, Kyle Tucker with Jordan Alvarez that's a strong lineup that's not going away. They're going to play 81 games at home. They're going to they're going to win more games than they lose. But I'm not really interested in cheering on the fact that they're going to get to 97 wins because my frustration with them is so my, my frustration level is so high. I do think you're right about the rotation. Um, I think Josh James might be a really good under the radar player. Uh, I love our listeners. James. Yeah, and he had apparently had a really good outing yesterday. Like he just looked great. Everyone was like, "Whoa, that's this is the Josh James that in 2017 everybody was going nuts for, or 2018, I should say, uh, where he came up and it was just like he's throwing 99 with movement and it's like ridiculous." So you know they're, they're going to be a really good team. I think that they made the perfect choice in Dusty Baker to sort of settle the the, the craziness. But we'll we'll have to see. I, I I I stayed away from it. I'm too personally invested in their failure to want to get involved in their over under. All right, let, let's keep running. I'll run down these really quickly so we can get to the ones that, that we actually did pick. Uh, Red Sox went from 89 to 85 after Alex Cora was fired. Um, here's an interesting one. I, I mean, okay, I know said we we're going to go through these, but the Boston hasn't gotten their their punishments yet, and I wonder if all this Manfred blowback about not disciplining the players. 
Ooh. doesn't apply to the Red Sox. It doesn't. Yeah, that's a good point. The, the Red like, Sox I don't know might if get he made, if cut the same. De- yeah, I don't know if he cut the same deal. So even 85, I mean, who knows who they might lose? But anyway. They got a really Continuing. good team, though. They also have a really good team. Keep it going. But 85. Yeah, all right, keep going. Yeah. Uh, Giants dropped from 71.5 to 68.5. This all happened over the course of about a month uh, from January, mid-January to mid-February. Uh, the Nationals dropped from 92.5 to 89.5. Arizona went up from 81 to 84. The Mariners went down from 70 and a half to 67 and a half. That was before Taiwan Walker rejoined the team, though. Um, <laughs> Good under the radar the White pick. Sox, the White Sox went from 82 to 85. Um, so here we go. Uh, Ian, why don't you just throw your first one? We'll take, I mean, I don't know if we get five, five, and then five is not as much fun, but let's, let's, yeah, let's do one, one at a time. We'll dive in. Yeah, let's go. One, one, one. All right, well, for, I, I'm, I'm going to go in order of, of my confidence level. Uh, but I have to say that you and I share this one, which is yeah, the Mets. We share this one. Um, and and I was trying to, we were on the phone last night as I was going through what I wanted. And I was like, whoa, the Mets at 86.5. You're like, yep, that's my big one. Quick time out. So here's the Ian phone call power move. I know we joke about his phone calls, but <laughs> he's like, hey, man, got time for a quick call? I'm like, yeah, I'm, just, I'm watching McMillions with my wife. Uh, this is our little HBO DVR night. Um, how late are you going to be up? And he's like, 1130. I'm like, all right, no, cool. You, I'll, right, right, right. Like, yeah, keep yeah. going. Keep going. So then, I, keep going, know, champ. McMillions ends. I think it's like about nine, maybe. Yeah, it's like nine like, fifteen. And you said, yeah, "All right, I'll, like, call, I'll call you close to eleven thirty. I don't think I said close to eleven thirty. I just that was the vibe I got. Keep going. <laughs> keep so going. So I call Ian at nine. He's like, "Hey, man, let me call you back in twenty minutes." <laughs> because I was having, I was having a late dinner with my wife, and I was yeah, like, "No one eats I, at nine o'clock, man." That was that, the, the Ian Power move. No, swear, late dinner with wife. We put the kids to sleep at eight o'clock, and then we go drink. We had a drink, well, not every night, but we had a drink last night, which is a nice thing to do. It's a fun thing to do with my wife. We have a nice, nice little, uh, I have a, a salty dog. I don't know if anybody knows what a salty dog is. It's a grapefruit. It's freshly squeezed grapefruit, so I'm constantly buying grapefruits. And you would. Vodka. You know what? You would be a guy who squeezes your own grapefruit juice. Dude, man, week. it is so I admire good. that about you. We, we were in Los Angeles like two and a, two years ago, and we had a grapefruit tree. We were renting a house for a week, and there was a grapefruit tree. And I was like, yo, you know. Get me one of those grapefruits. I was like, why? Because she was a bartender when she was in her early 20s and she was like trying to be an actor and stuff. And she was like, go get me one of those grapefruits. I'm going to make you a drink that you're really going to like. And since then, that was the end of my drinking anything else. So, yes, it's Salty Dog. I, I highly recommend it. But, yeah, there's my freaking power move. You know what the power move was? It was the wimp move. I'm sitting with my wife and I don't want to piss her <laughs> off. <I'll laughs> no, you, know, you never finished the drink. What do you mix oh, with the grapefruit juice? You, uh, vodka. Just it's just like two thirds grapefruit juice, one third vodka, and then salt the rim, and it's a salty dog. And if you do it without the salted rim, it's a greyhound. It's really good. I like it. I, I, that's, that's I like good. it too. I put a little sugar in it too, just to give it a drop of sweetness, just in case the grapefruit is a little sour. That's it. I like that. Yeah. All right, anyway. Sorry, let's so anyway, back, back I went with track. the Mets. I went. I went oh. with the Mets. Eighty-six point five, and and we're in agreement on this. Like this rotation. I mean, still the Mets. Sorry, <laughs> Derek's going to make fun of the Mets so bad. Um, it's still the Mets, but that rotation with Degrom, Syndergaard, Stroman, uh, Porcello, Mats, and Waka is really strong. The bullpen, Diaz, I, I don't have a great confidence in, but I do like Lugo. I do like Familia coming back this year. I like Batances. They got a, Gaselman's also there. They got a strong bullpen. And that lineup, man, there is depth there. 
I, I expect Alonzo to take a step back for sure, but Cano, I think, is going to take a step forward. Rosario is going to continue to grow. McNeil is a great player. J.D. Davis, I don't know what to say, but I but Cespedes is behind him, which I think oh, I love. Don't you dare speak ill of J.D. Davis on this I'm show. Not, I'm just not. Sh- I'm not. I'm just not sure he's going to get as much playing time as everyone thinks. That's my concern. It's not what he'll do. He's a great hitter. Then Nimmo, I've always liked because of the crazy way that he it takes a walk to first base or run. I love that. And then Conforto. So I just, and I like the, the new, the, the new manager. So it, it, there's a, there's a lot to like. You know what, you know what I like about the Mets where you just talked about it is I imagined it. And this is why I love them so much. Let's say DeGrom and Syndergaard both suffer major injuries. Oof. You still have a rotation that's anchored by Stroman Mats. You got Porcello who's solid. Um, and lurking in the minors, you've got Steven Gonsalves and then Michael Waka. Like, I think Steven Gonsalves is super underrated. I've loved him ever since he was twins. Um, story for another day. But it's, it's that depth that you talked about that, like, even if you take out their two best pitchers and you make a rotation out of the next five, that's still like a 500 team for me. Yeah, not for me. It's a 72-win team for me. But they do have DeGrom, and they do have Syndergaard, and I do expect Syndergaard to move forward. And I also think that Luis Rojas will be an interesting hire. We were talking about this, about how he might not just be a one-year and then go get A.J. Hinch. Like, he might move into that role and stay there. He knows he's been in the organization for years. I just think that's actually, that that's the one that I'm, you know, again, they're the Derek's going to say, and he's right, they're the Mets. But... 86.5, I think they're going to win at least 87 games. I could see them winning the division and making some noise in the playoffs this year. Derek, go ahead, man. They're We've absolutely enough good enough to go over the 86 and a half, and they have the talent. I like that Mickey Calloway is gone. I agree with pretty much everything you said. I mean, I just look at the Mets and say 86 and a half, that number seems right in that division with the Braves where they're at, obviously with the Nats being defending champions, the Phillies probably closer to a 500 team, even though they've been spending money. And you got the Marlins still going through their rebuild. So you got four teams legitimately pushing for that division. The number seems right. And if I had to bet every single team, I would bet the over on the Mets. But if I'm kind of carefully choosing the bets I like most, they just don't make the cut because, yeah, they're the Mets. They, When everything <laughs> looks like it's lined up right, and it, 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 that's the case, it, it, they find a way to do Mets things. <laughs> That's my analysis. Like it. It's the truth. It's just the <laughs> way they work. I knew he was going there. I knew he would land on that. Uh, yeah, no, that's a fair point. And, but they also sometimes have magic. They do have years where it's like, whoa. Like when they made it to the World Series, like I guess four or five years ago now. I mean, that was an interesting team. I also I just think Cano comes back this year. Maybe that's crazy, but I think he steps forward in a big way. And I like that bullpen, and I like that rotation. So, But but you know what you're saying about the East is is also very valuable, and why they're at 86.5. If they were in the Central, I think that they'd be up to 91 wins. I think you're right. Yeah, I just realized I have three NL East teams as overs. So <laughs> maybe I should reassess this, but I'm not going to. Okay. Well, you know, so I got – so or, Ian, let me ask you this. Out of your 100 bucks, like – how much are you putting on the just just to get an idea of how confident you are in this over because i'm putting yeah. 50 out of my 100 on the mets you know what i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna do uh 40 40 i'm gonna do 40 because there's another team that i really like too that i that i have high hopes for all right uh you know I, maybe just skip to the phillies i got i got some money on the phillies at an over of 85.5 and i think really this all goes back to joe girardi i think he's going to like we already saw some quote somewhere yesterday, and I can't remember who said it. I want to say it was Bryce Harper, but I don't think it was. Maybe it was Andrew McCutcheon um, about how they're just letting 
Maybe I don't know. I actually have no idea. I can't remember who it was. But they were saying like now you know Zach Eflin can just be Zach Eflin now and can just throw you know his fastball like he wants to and become the pitcher that he's supposed to be. Um, and I think maybe Gabe Kapler came in a little too hot with all the analytics. And uh, you know maybe he's better for San Francisco, a team that's still kind of like building in that direction, than a Phillies team that kind of just has all this raw talent. Um, and I like that. Like it still doesn't make me like Eflin, but I kind of like the attitude that he's going to put out there. Where, you know, maybe Bryce Harper is going to be loose and relaxed and be able to be Bryce Harper uh, under Joe Girardi. And that rotation, again, Nola Wheeler, Arietta Velasquez, they still got Pavetta lurking in the shadows. Um, I like it, man. I, like, I, I just think that's a, that's a team that can do like 90 wins. And they're not, I mean, halfway through the season, if they're close, I think they'll make a trade. I just like that team. And I think they're better than 85 and a half wins. And I would be willing to put 20 bucks on them if I can. Yeah, that, okay, that works in the budget. 50 on the Mets, 20 on the Phillies. DVR? So, so you're definitely on board with the Braves then taking some kind of step back, right? Like something yeah. has to come down if, if you're over on both the Mets and the Phillies, which is pretty interesting. And, and the Nats maybe, you know, coming off the World Series. Like August 1st, the Nats were not the World Series winning Nats. You know what I mean? Like we were, we were writing trade deadline stuff about how the Nats could trade Adam Eaton. Like, you know, like that, that was where they were right around the trade deadline, about a week before the trade deadline, before they got hot and went nuts. So, yeah, I do think, I do think there's some downside there with those two teams. Here's my thing on the Phillies. I, I, I actually, I just don't trust that rotation. I would, I would take the under on that um, because I, I think Nola is a super solid wheeler, also good. Arietta, I don't trust at all. Velasquez, I don't trust at all. That bullpen with Nearest Dominguez, that's not strong as far as I'm concerned. Um, I do like Kingery. I love Didi, obviously. Segura, the, the lineup is strong. I do think Harper has a great season. Um, but I, I, and I like Girardi, so it's possible, but I'm not as confident as you are, Nando. I think this is one of the teams that takes that half step back. But I could be, I could be dead wrong, you know? But, and, but Derek, as always, is bringing up a wise point, saying, well, it's got to come from somewhere unless the East just beats the crap out of everybody, which is also possible. Yeah, let's go DVR's all Midwest teams. <laughs> that is kind of weird that they're all they all play either like central or well, one of them plays in a couple play in eastern time but yeah they're generally central located uh, I'm under the Cardinals on 87 and a half I think what tipped me off to it was the Pakota standings came out last week over at Baseball Prospectus Pakota spit out 80.3 for the sim win total on the Cardinals which is way below the number but start thinking about this team they lost Marcelo Zuna at some point, yeah, they probably plug in Dylan Carlson, and we'd like Dylan Carlson as a, a redraft, like late round target who could come up and make an impact. Yeah. This is a team that's getting old in the core very quickly. If you look at the projections just for the hitters, Paul Goldschmidt is their best hitter by a wide margin. Matt Carpenter's coming off a down year. Paul DeYoung is a nice player, but he's just a guy. I mean, Dexter Fowler had a, a passable year last year. They're relying a lot on him. They need young guys like Harrison Bader or Tyler O'Neill or Tommy Edmond. They need a lot of young guys to really step up and play at a level that we just haven't seen them play at yet over a full season. I think you're asking a lot from this group of position players. And the pitching, the bullpen's good, but the rotation is sketchy for me. I'd say the bu- bullpen's sketchy. How's the bullpen good? I, I like I like some of the relievers there, but I'm looking at this group of starters. I mean, yeah, yeah. Jack Flaherty's great. No, no qualms there. And maybe Carlos Martinez is back in the rotation and healthy for a full season. That's a big ask. <laughs> Miles Michaelis already has a flexor issue in his arm. Yeah, so that's yeah. Never, never good news. He's a kind of important piece in this rotation as a good innings guy wise, who could yeah. be good for a lot of innings. I don't necessarily like the depth they have to rely on. We only named three starters so far. Dakota Hudson, to me, is a below-average big league starter. 
So he's already kind of in the rotation. So they're going to be relying on guys like Ryan Helsley and Daniel Ponce de Leon. They're still relying on Adam Wainwright, who's got one of the worst projections around for this season. He's got almost a projected five ERA. That's James Shields' area. Yeah, like I just I where where are they going to get wins from in a division where there are definitely three other teams that are good enough to compete? You know, like I, just, I second it. I second the motion. I am under on the Cardinals. I am fully convinced. But I mean, their under was low to begin with. Their under was well. I guess eighty-seven and a half wasn't low. That's yeah. not low. Sorry, I, I was thinking I, that was eighty-two and a half. Eighty-seven no, 82 and a half. And a half yeah. That'd be that. But I, I, I kind of see what he's saying, man. Especially that pitching, the pitching, the pitching, the pitching. It matters, and that lineup is not. You're right, man. I mean, Tommy Edmond. You're counting on Tommy Edmond to be the same Tommy Edmond that you had for that last two months. I just don't buy that. I just because he was amazing. I mean, he he was fabulous, but. I just don't think he's going to do that. Carpenter, maybe Carpenter has a big comeback. They kind of need him to do that. But Wong was at his best. Yadier's a year older. Um, at least they got the, Weeders, though. I mean, if something happens to, to Molina, they, they at least got a good backup. Yeah, I like Kniezer as much as I like Weeders. But they, yeah, they have a fine backup. But the, but the nine guys they're going to be putting, the eight guys that they're putting in that lineup every day, Derek's right. It's not strong, and the pitching is not strong. So... You know, I mean, there is cardinal magic, so you never know. But I, I would say I'm with you on this, Derek. I didn't, I didn't th- see it through as well. I'm Can we you. just Daniel Ponce de Leon uh, give him a little love at least, man? I mean, he's he's been masterful in the minor leagues. I don't, I don't know if there's a reason uh, to not like him or for him not to make that rotation. I know roster resource doesn't have him penciled in right now. Uh, they don't even have him in the bullpen. Oh yeah, they do. They got him as a long guy in the bullpen. Um, but I mean, I, I can't see how de Leon doesn't become like the fourth or fifth starter and isn't awesome. I mean, the dude never had a season with an ERA above three in the minor leagues. He's a really weird guy because, yeah, the skills don't support those results, but he's had those results year over year in the minors. I, I think he is a guy that gets a lot of innings for them this year. I'm sorry, he's had one. My bad. He's had one year above three. Go ahead. I'm sorry, DVR. Go ahead. But like NL-only leagues and, and draft and holds and maybe even as like a pickup in a 15-team mixer, I could definitely see the case for it. I just I, I don't see the, the reinforcements coming the way the Cardinals usually have them. And that's what's always made them such a dangerous team is they've had that depth. But the core is old. The rotation's already starting to break down. Uh, I just I, I I think everything that Ian said last year about Dave Martinez going into the season, like he called him the locks. That's what I think of Mike Schilt. I don't buy anything Mike Schilt is selling at all. Like I just I don't think that guy is anything more than an average manager at best. And I think as things unravel <laughs> on this team, like he is going to be found out this year. Like that is going can to be. Can you, can so you remind clear. everybody what your favorite team is? I don't have a favorite team. I root for Milwaukee. Brewers. Come on, just say the Brewers. Come on, don't don't be Ian about this. I love all the teams equally. I respect no, all the keep teams going. for different reasons. Please keep going about how much you hate the Cardinals manager. I just start interrupt. No, but I, I got to take responsibility because the Locks won the World Series last year. Well, yeah, I know, I know. It, yeah, well it, done, it can, Ian. It could totally blow up in That's my face. Win. I'm just, I really, I, no, I agree with you though. He's an upgrade over Matheny. Like who, who wouldn't be? Which right? is why he got the job. I mean, right. He came in and settled a ridiculous situation, and then they're like, okay, that's good. Let's go with that. You may be right. This team could be in for some real hurt. Real hurt. I don't know. Maybe we put a dollar down on this dude. My prediction is pain. Prediction? DVR, how much you want to Wait. put on them? I'll put twenty. Can I do? Can yeah. I do? Can I do? Clubber Lang, ready? Prediction. Pain. That's it from Rocky Three. Thank you. I got it. I like it. Sniffle. Ian, have you ever done? 
you ever done like video games, VO stuff like that, or do do no, actors frown no. on that? Is that? Nah, they don't frown. If we could get into voiceovers, that would be that would be awesome. Voiceovers are always good, but it's a tough club to get into. Is it? Yeah, tough club. You got a voice, though, man. You got a voice. You listen to the two of you. I've got the voice. Come on now. And you could do you could do the accents. I've heard <laughs> it on your other podcast. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. Really? Well, George Guardians Washington, the... man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue with the plug. My bad. I was setting you uh, up for that anyway. Oh, uh, thanks. I appreciate that. Guardians of the Republic, if you're looking for a... Which Derek listened to this past weekend, which I was very grateful to him for, because he said, hey, I listened to the show. It was good. So, listen to Derek Van Riper. Give us a give us a listen. Guardians of the Republic. It's Ian's political show. It is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's good stuff. It's yeah. why I have two Twitter accounts. I have two podcasts. <laughs> That's true. That's <laughs> true. Uh, right. Okay, Ian, Nando, you're uh, up. Nando, you're well, up. I, you know, I did the Mets and the Phillies, so I feel like oh, okay. I did my two. But um, you know, we got another. I got Blue Jays and DVR have Blue Jays. He, he's got the Blue Jays okay. too. His overs. Um, and you both have his overs. You both, yeah, we both have him as overs. So, Ian, why don't you tell us what you think about the Blue Jays and if we're right or wrong here? Yeah, I'm over I, under seventy six. I think you're wrong. Um, I think you're both wrong. I, I would I would argue that. I think the division is dangerous. I think. Look, if Vlad becomes the Vlad that we expected last year and Bichette continues being the Bichette that we saw last year, maybe you're close on that. But that rotation, you know, Ryu is moving from, you, you know, a easy division to the AL East. Tanner, Tanner Rourke is the, your number two. That guy is sitting on every waiver wire in fantasy baseball. Why? Because he's not very good. Matt Shoemaker, who knows? Chase Anderson, I mean, okay. And Ryan Brockie, I kind of like. Um but I can see I can see them going into full rebuild again this year, moving Giles at the deadline, and then all of a sudden, you know, Anthony Bass is your closer. Uh, I, I just I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. I don't. I, t- although I do like Teoscar Hernandez, so but I don't think seventy six. I think they come in under that. I'm pretty pretty sure about that actually. DVR, uh, how did you come to your over? Is it was it the bats and then like a little bit of like maybe you know if they're doing well maybe Nate Pearson shows up. Um, you know, are you a, a Wagaspak guy? I know, I think Rob Silver's a big Wagaspak guy. I heard on the radio, but go ahead. I'll, I'll give you the floor, sir. Al loves him because he just likes to say his name, but uh, I, I think it's really just about the bats for me. I, I think there are plenty of questions to ask about the pitching. You're right to bring up Nate Pearson because if they're playing well through the first two months of the season, they're going to need him as a reinforcement, as a guy that can come in and, and dominate for five or six innings and take some of the pressure off their bullpen, but it's just the belief that they have a lot of above-average hitters throughout this lineup and a couple potentially elite ones. I mean, with Vlad Jr. and Bo Bichette, the range of outcomes are pretty wide for them both as hitters, but that includes ridiculous ceilings, really, for both of those players. And you get down to the second layer, and you get Kevin Biggio and Randall Gritchick and Lourdes Gurriel Jr., Teoscar Hernandez, Danny Jansen. It's a solid lineup that's going to score a lot of runs over the course of the season. I think they can actually out-hit their pitching a little bit. I don't think they're going way over that number. I think they're close to like an 80-win team, but I think 76 is low enough to compel me to at least put a small amount on that. One under-the-radar guy on this team that I, I do like, especially in Dynasty Leagues, that you have a 100-inning minor league ability, right? You can keep them in your minors till they pitch 100 innings, is Sean Reed Foley. Um, you know, his command, if he, if he really does pull his command together, he does have a very live arm, and I can see him pitching a lot of innings for the Blue Jays eventually, or being useless. But as like a dart throw at the end of a Dynasty draft, Sean Reed Foley is somebody who I kind of like. I'm kind of intrigued by, uh, I don't know, Matt Shoemaker, to me, 
has had so many bumps in the road that if he's coming in fully healthy and ready to go, he could be like what this overhangs on. Um, That's a good point, man. And listen, Ryan Bloomfield, who is a great player, uh, who does a lot of work, he's one of the lead guys at Baseball HQ, he likes Matt Shoemaker. I like Matt Shoemaker, too. It was a tough injury last year. It came at a tough time. And yeah, yeah, if Shoemaker comes back to what he looked like in 2019, then that 76 is possible. I just, hard to hard to bet on that. And I just think Tanner Rourke is terrible. Well, it's weird because like Roark and Anderson. <laughs> See what he did? And Shoemaker. Yeah, he did. That was pretty subtle, right? Again. So smooth. That's what we should, we should have a ding for that, not James Anderson. <laughs> Those guys all beat their projections year over year. Like there's something about them. I think it's mostly weak contact that doesn't quite show up, right? I mean, projections are driven by... Uh, more independent skills like strikeouts and walks and home runs allowed. I think Anderson and Shoemaker in particular are probably better pitchers than most people give them credit for. So again, I don't like this rotation, but I don't think it's trash either. It, it's kind of brewersy, so that's probably why I look at it and say, "Oh, it's, it's not that bad." Like they they can make it work. But if they're in the AL Central, then seventy six wins, sure or above. It's just they're playing the Rays every. They're playing the Rays, the Yankees, and the Red Sox. Red Sox might not be the same Red Sox, though. Yeah, but they'll still be good. They still have a good team. Like, they still have, they've got a good lineup. You know, they still have Chris Sale. I just, you're counting on Ryu to be as good as he was last year. And I just, I think it's a different setup. He's facing a, he's facing a DH. It's, it's a different game. DVR, is, is anyone talking about Derek Fisher? Like, is that, is that, can I stick my flag in him? Or is that like a, oh, you know, this Eno, guy over here Eno likes him. Eno likes him, right? He's a stack cast darling. I wrote him up, I think, in the the really late targets piece that I did. I mean, I think there's a chance he's a big side platoon player in that outfield because they haven't added that stable corner veteran guy. Like the, Puig actually makes sense for them. Like if you, you look for a team that has playing time for Yasiel Puig, it's Toronto, and they don't seem to have any interest in him. So no one does with Fisher. I mean, ale only dart for sure. Draft and hold, yes. Um, Mixed you don't league, think he's though? like a, t- a 260, 25, 20 guy? No, he can't hit. No, he's never. I sure mean, he can. He's, he's, he's career 191, 279, In the majors, but in like weird playing time situations that's in true. the majors that's, for that's, Houston. That's, that's true. I mean, like, he hits the ball hard. He runs well. He draws walks. There's, there's things. There are things I like about him. I think jumping him up to like 260 is probably too much. I think he's one of those guys that's a low batting average, but good power speed guy kind of like a like a nico goodrum uh, type player i was gonna go for stubbs what was the guy's name stubbs uh, drew stubbs 10 years yeah drew stubbs yeah <laughs> like yes. there's probably a lot of drew stubbs in that profile which when it's going good is pretty helpful to fantasy players and when it's not it just hurts you because he's yeah. actively dragging down your average and buried in the bottom of the order and losing playing time and and if he had 60 less at bats he would have 311 at bats but he has 371 which again back to dynasty leagues if your if your threshold is 350 at bats in the majors and 100 innings pitched here's a guy that you would stick in your minor leagues to say hey maybe he's going to turn maybe he's going to be one of Nando's guys and put it all together and there it is but you cannot waste a roster spot on Dirk Fisher you have to wait for him on the wire you have to wait till he starts showing something and he's shown things before but but you know maybe Derek Fisher we could talk I think we talked about Puig last week on the show but Puig ain't getting a job Puig's in Japan if you got him in Why? a dynasty league trade him <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Ian. Uh, speaking of Puig, you got his former team uh, for a lot of wins, which I think is the ballsy move, man. Anything that's like near high 90s and 100s, 
Yeah. Go ahead. You got Dodgers over 101.5. I got Dodgers over 101.5. And I was like, do I really think this? And I was like, look at that lineup. And then look at that rotation. And part of the reason I decided to go over was because of the trade that didn't go through. The Jack Peterson and Ross Stripling trade for Luis Rangifo. Um, that rotation, Bueller, Kershaw, Price, Urias, Wood. Then you've got Stripling. I mean, you've got an outfield. Like, let's say Gavin Lux does not come through. Okay, Gavin Lux fails and has to go back down to the minors, which I don't expect. Then you're going to put Chris Taylor, who three, four years ago was being taken in the seventh or eighth round. And he's getting everyday playing time. Or or Hernandez, uh, Kiki Hernandez is getting everyday playing time. The outfield of uh, a Jock Peterson, A.J. Pollock, it seems like they'll probably end up in a, in, a, in a platoon there with Cody Pellinger and Mookie Betts. I mean, they, they, this is a team, I forget how many they won last year. They added Mookie Betts and David Price for nothing. Yeah, just unnecessarily for in a way, right? I mean, like, yeah, just they didn't need to. You could argue that the bullpen could cost them if Jansen continues his downward slide of success. But otherwise, I mean, they got Will Smith behind the plate. They got Justin Turner, Corey Seager, Gavin Lux, Max Muncy, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger, AJ Pollock. And they've got a great manager, certainly in the regular season, in Dave Roberts. I, I just think that all things point to a really big win total and a terrible division. So, DVR, what do you think, man? Do you want to even get close to this 101 and a half wins? I think the problem I have with it isn't that the Dodgers aren't amazing. It's that 101 and a half is a big number. Like they can be a great team that has to deal with some injuries, kind of rest some people and coast to an NL West title by 15 games and not hit that number. That's, that's really all it's it true. is for me. It's just, I, I think they're the favorite to win the world series at this point. Like if you look around and, and look at how rosters are constructed, like is, is that a fair assessment? You, you'd say the Dodgers are the most likely team to win the world series in 2020. Yes, because they have the easiest route. Because the American League still has the Astros and the White Sox. Um, but yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I think the the Dodgers have the best chance to win. Also, but the, you know, you get the World Series, you get home field for the World Series. You got to keep winning. You know, it's not like the old days where it's like, well, it doesn't matter. We just need to win the division. Now you want to get home field throughout. So I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a ballsy move by it's a ballsy call, but I, I believe that they will. I'd be surprised. Hey, Ian, if what, they what we're here. What we're hearing the Dodgers, uh, Dustin May, I've noticed has gotten a lot of buzz, and I think we've got a bunch of questions about him from uh, from our chats and some of the mailbag stuff. How much do you think he's going to factor into this whole thing? Is is it too early to be looking at Dustin May, or is this someone who can I mean, wedge his way into this rotation and, he, and make a huge impact? The great thing about that's the, I didn't even mention Dustin May when I was talking about Stripling. You know, you got Gonsolin. Is that how I pronounce it? DVR, Gonsolin? I think Tony so. Gonsolin. You don't have to ask. He'll just do it in his okay. first word in his next sentence. Yeah. Yes, and he'll do it so beautifully. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you got Stripling. Oh, well, actually, Gonsolin, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, but he wouldn't do <laughs> it like that. He would go, actually, go, he wouldn't put an actually, and he'll just say, well, when we're talking about Gonsolin, he would just do it smooth. That's that's why that's why he's the man. That's why he's the ciabatta bread. Um, but uh, it's just that rotation is so deep. I mean, if Dustin May isn't even in the rotation, and he was a, he's a top 20 prospect right now, he's a guy that the, you know, the Dodgers are saying, no, you can't have him in a trade, and we're still going to take your Mookie bets. And I also think David Price is a guy who in Los Angeles is going to thrive. So I, I, just, I just think they're the, just the best team every day. Like they're going to go out and they're going to play, and, and every time they step on the field, they're going to have the better team. And that matters. I was waiting for some DVR opinion. 
I mean, I have no, I have no rebuttal to that. I just, I just think uh, it's, it's a huge number. It's kind of, I don't, I don't really mess with the teams at the bottom of the totals, and I don't really mess with the teams at the top. Like I, if I had to, I would, I would always skew to the under on the highest totals just because of the things that could go wrong, even though those teams are amazing. Yep, Ian, where are you it. with your hundred dollar budget? You got sixty gonna, left. Uh, I, I'm only going to drop ten dollars on this. All right, so now you got fifty left. Yep. DVR, you got 70 left. You put 20 on the Cardinals, 10 on the Blue Jays. Cardinals under, Blue Jays over. Where are you going next? I'm actually going to go Rangers over 79.5. It connects a little bit to the Astros taking that step back. I mean, even if they're still the best team in the division, uh, I look at the Rangers and, and what they've done with their starting pitching each of the last two seasons by finding a few guys in free agency that a lot of us didn't really like at the time. Mike Minor two off seasons ago. Uh, last offseason, it was Lance Lynn. This offseason, it might be Jordan Lyles. Uh, I look at the offense they've put together. I, I like what they have there. I think they can score plenty of runs. They've given themselves a little more flexibility and depth around the infield. So if Rudin Odor is hitting 210 with a 260 on base, they don't have to play him anymore. They can actually play somebody else in that spot. Um, they should have a healthy Joey Gallo all season. I think that boosts them a little bit too. This is just a team that I don't think they're great. But I think they're at least a 500 team. So the 79 and a half seemed low to me. Um, I actually like this probably even more than that Cardinals number. So I'd, I'd probably put 30 of my budget on the Rangers. I'm, of the picks I've talked about, I'm the most confident in the Rangers going over that number. You know whose name I've seen everywhere this year? And I don't know if he's always just the top of the queue when I'm doing the draft. It's Joe Palumbo. I don't know why. And I like it's, I, if people are tweeting about him or his name's just showing up a lot in queues and stuff. But it's he's one of those weird names. Lefty. Yeah, you just so, see it a bunch, and you're like, "All right, I got to dig deeper into Joe Palumbo." I guess there's there's something to dig there. I mean, there's he he's a good dynasty league hold right now in your minor leagues. There's no question about that. Um, he throws hard from the left side. He came up last year and got just tattooed, um, but he he does have some some long term upside. I, I do, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I I stayed away from the Rangers because something about them I just don't trust them. I think that the heat, even though the the stadium is going to be different. It's just something about that team I, I never trust, but kind of like Greg Bird there, um, if Kluber comes back and is 80% of Kluber, if Miner can hold on to some of what he had, if Gibson can take a step forward, I do kind of like Leclerc. Nicasio's there in the bullpen as well. I, I, but but I, also, I don't mind Todd Frazier as a pickup. I think that was a s- solid pickup because then Nick Salak gets a little bit of a break uh, from playing in the field every day because apparently it's not something he does very well. I, I don't know. I, I think 79 and a half is about where it is. I, I stayed away. I would continue to stay away. I, I don't have a good feel on that. You know what they have? Like basically every, not minor leaguer, but kind of like non-roster invitee kind of guy. Like they got Greg Bird, who I love. By the you know Greg Bird's career minor league OBP is like 400. It's 396. It was really good. Um, it, it, they got Andy Ibanez, who I think is one of the most underrated minor leaguers uh in the minors, I guess we could say it like that. Um, and then they, have, they got Adolis Garcia, who I loved last year for the Cardinals. And they got Blake Sweetheart, who, uh, I don't know. I actually think he could make the roster. As a, I mean, he has no options left. Um, and they got Rob Refsnyder swimming around in there. This is, like, this is a team that I, I'm, not, I'm not hoping for people to get injured, but they have a lot of players who can kind of step up and I think surprise a lot of people, maybe in an alternate universe. 
Maybe that's for out of the park baseball. Maybe I gotta do the Rangers. <laughs> I gotta write myself a note. Be the Rangers this year. Well, they've just they've just showed some interesting things in their ability to find value. Again, with the pitching staff, Kluber. I mean, I didn't mention him off the top, and I'm glad Ian brought him up. Kluber is a five win pitcher when he's healthy. Like, that's a big difference over some of the the crappy pitchers they've been throwing in the back end of that rotation as they've started to put this together. Like, I'm buying in on Corey Kluber from a fantasy perspective. So. Definitely buying in on his impact on this team, getting over that number. And Jolie Rodriguez, too, coming back from Japan, kind of a sneaky addition to the bullpen. Like, yeah, they gave up Emmanuel Classe to get Kluber, but if you give up a one and a half or two win reliever to get a five win starter and then just go replace that reliever in free agency, you're in a much better place. But Derek, why was the why was what the Indians got so little if if Kluber is a five win pitcher? You know what I'm saying? Like, if he really is that, he's not on a terrible contract of any kind. Pitching is needed everywhere, and baseball didn't want him. Like, they weren't willing to pay for him. Does What does that say? I think it's really just the case where the Indians made a trade that either they see Emmanuel Classe as, like, another hater Edwin Diaz type. Like, they see elite multi-year reliever they're going to have for a long time. Or they figured, hey, we were good enough to go to the postseason last year with Corey Kluber missing the entire season. So let's get something for him now before we lose him at the end of his contract. I, I just I think that was just a weird trade that it doesn't necessarily reflect the value of Corey Kluber right now. It just reflects the way Cleveland valued him. And I think they may have been wrong. Well, okay, because everyone else had it. Everyone knew Kluber was on the market and nobody wanted to pay. And the, the dumbest thing about all this, Ian, is I'm, I'm like confused by Cleveland trading away Corey Kluber, and I still like them for their over. Like they're, they're, they're <laughs> five and a half, but I like I actually like that. I, I think they can beat that. I think there's one more great year from this core, and you know they're gonna look at they're gonna look back at that Kluber trade and probably regret it. But I could see them winning 88 games again this year. I that could see them winning 81 games this year. I think Clevenger is already hurt. I mean, you're. Do we expect Shane Bieber to be this Shane Bieber again this year? Carrasco coming back from leukemia. I, I, I just, you know, I see as much of a chance of winning 86 games. I see Francisco Lindor on another team in June. I think there's as much likelihood of that. In which case, you're looking at 77 wins, 74 wins. You know, I mean, I, I, I you don't trade Corey Kluber if you're trying to win. I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but that was my vibe. It's like, what are you? That's all you could get. That's really all you could get. But then you a, don't you don't hold Francisco Lindor longer if you're really tearing it down. But they're not getting. But they're not getting what they want out of him. They're not getting what they want in the trade. They're saying we're not going to trade because it's got two years left as opposed to bets who only had one. They're like, well, we'll hold him and we'll wait till we get more for him. But they'll get less. Like you will only get less the longer you wait because we're yeah. talking about a top five player. So. If, if that's the, the logic in that front office, then they could easily have been wrong about Corey Kluber. I think they're just frugal. I think they're, they're almost as bad as the Pirates in terms of how much their ownership group wants to pinch pennies. Right. Speaking so of that the Pirates. Pinch, yes. Ian's got a Pirates over-under. So I didn't mean to, I, I didn't mean to no, kill you're good. the Rangers discussion, but... No, we and we, we also have a lot of time. We don't have a lot of time, and you know when I when I let it drag, Ian just takes over hosting duties. I don't, don't want to lose that again. <laughs> Fair so. enough. I've got the Pirates. The it's the over under on the Pirates. What is the over under on the Pirates? Sixty nine and a half. I've You've got, got the, fifty dollars left to spend. I've got the under on that, um, and I will put 
Uh, I will put 20 down on that uh, because I don't like anything about this team. I mean, I don't like anything about this team, uh, except for I like Josh Bell. <laughs> and I kind of like Kevin Newman. Uh, but I, And I think Gerard Dyson now is a good pickup. Brian Reynolds, I think, is going to take a step back. The rotation, again, Musgrove is your ace. Okay. Mm. Archer's, Archer's the ace. Well, on, when I'm A healthy I'm looking, Chris Archer. Man, Chris Archer stinks. I didn't say He had man. a terrible injury spat last year. Yeah, okay, but whatever. They're okay. they're pitching, <laughs> their pitching stinks and their closing situation stinks and their bullpen is not very strong and Jacob Stallings is their catcher and Colin Moran stinks and Cabrian Hayes isn't coming up anytime soon. So like they're in full rebuild. I could see this team uh, this was an easy one for me. This was an under. I don't think I'm going to disagree with you. I, obviously on the Archer part I disagree with you and I do think Keela is amazing and then gets traded, and Crick is going to be an amazing closer. Um, but besides that, it's not an exciting team, and I don't even see, like, I mean, maybe Polanco. There's not a lot of fantasy goodness on this team either. Well, Kevin Newman's interesting. Kevin Newman is interesting. Also has dual eligibility, second base shortstop. Josh Bell could have a really strong year. I just don't think the team's going to win a lot of baseball games. I don't think they care. I can see them just going full, let's get the first pick in the draft next year. 16 and a half seems like a ridiculously high number for this team. DVR, am I, am I making sense on this or am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, how much better are the Pirates than the Tigers and the Orioles? Like, not 12 wins. Like, that seems kind of silly. And we know the NL Central's got four good teams, at least good enough to push for the division and make moves and, and get better. So uh, the Pirates are a punching bag right now. So I would, I would be on the same side as you if I were making that bet i'd take the underside actually make a 30 nando make a 30 yeah make a 30 all right yeah. put in the spreadsheet uh this yeah this is a team that i think ben Charrington could take a hold of and just like strip it down to almost like you know astros rebuild these guys so that's i think you're I'm right man. Like, you know like if wherever they are halfway through the season he could break them down to a team that's like a you know, 56 win team yeah yeah all right let's uh wait dvr you just highlighted your whole thing we got all yours done no i i, I guess i was just really excited about it <laughs> so just to pull the curtain back a little bit we're working off a shared spreadsheet and i was trying to highlight when we've talked about the team because we're bouncing around a little bit and, and put the money in we got to do the rockies yeah do the rockies dvr we got to do the rockies he's high on the rockies any chance you can get you have to put money on the rockies because it's such a stable well-run organization <laughs> that's so predictable from year to year you definitely want to you know put your hard-earned dollars on on that team like back that pony uh look i'm, I'm putting my last 30 on the rockies because i'm assuming you guys aren't gonna let me only put 10 on it and go spend 20 dollars on beer uh, that's what i would do in real life i would put 10 on the rockies and spend 20 dollars on like a four pack of really nice beers and you know give one uh each to you know my two co-hosts here and drink two myself that's just how i would do it but here's what i think about the rockies this is a, a crappy team that isn't actually this crappy 73 and a half is a really low number. This is a wild card team uh, in 2018 with basically the same core in place. They still have Arenado, Story, Blackman, Dahl. Daniel Murphy could be healthier this year, even if he's not, no big deal. They've got other guys they can plug in. Ryan McMahon, to me, is a solid player. Garrett Hampson might be a positive player for them. I like Sam Hilliard a lot in the outfield. We know the pitching's horrible. Like That's that's their MO, right? They have to find a way to out-hit their pitching, but they do it sometimes, and I just look at that division. It's like the Diamondbacks are, they're okay. They're not, they're not bad. They're not great. Uh, I would say that's probably my assessment of the Padres at this point. They have that young talent that might come up and, and bring them up a level this year, but it might take some time there too. 
and then San Francisco's deep in a rebuild. So you know, other than the Dodgers having that runaway with the division potential, I think it's a pretty soft landing spot where the cluster behind the Dodgers is probably closer in win totals than projections would lead us to believe. So uh, I'm, I'm nudging the Rockies up. I'm taking the over on 73.5. I think they could win 80, maybe even 82 games this year and, and flirt with 500. I, uh, sorry, I'm a little distracted because I was, you know, I go right to the, I got the roster resource pages queued up, um, and I didn't realize Ubaldo Jimenez was floating around in their minor league system. Oh, I, I take just, it all just back. Give me then. a second while I go see what he's been doing the last few years, man. No, Nothing. they just signed him. They just signed him. They yeah. just signed him. Yeah. It was a humiliating offseason. I mean, this is this is an organization. I couldn't disagree more with how a GM has built a roster than with what Jeff Bridich has done with the Rockies. I don't know how you get into a fight with Nolan Arenado. Like that's, that's the problem. Just, that's it's, well, it's yeah, that's absolute an insanity. It's a huge problem, right but there. But look, they can well when they win seventy-eight games instead of the eighty-two, they still hit. Yeah, but what if they trade Arenado? F- what if they trade Arenado for a bucket of prospects? And then, I mean, look, I'm not going to fight you on it, and I'm not going to take the under. I'm not going. I'm staying away from the situation. The pitching is so bizarre as it always is. Tony Walters has a r- weird nineteen seventy-seven mustache going on. <laughs> Um, which is that's your reason to hate them? No, I don't hate them. I don't. I mean, look, Blackman, great. All expect. I actually expect some stuff from him. Story always puts up numbers. I, I, I'm just staying away. I'm. I, I'm not betting on this team. I'm not putting anything down on this team. So, but I, I mean, I would you go the opposite way, or you just stay? No, like I'm, I, I just like when, when I was going the opposite way. Derek makes good points. So I'm not going to go the opposite way, but I'm not. I, I, I'm not in agreement. I'm not in disagreement. I'm. I'm. I'm Swiss. I'm Switzerland. So we got about ten minutes, maybe ish. Um, we got to get, get these last teams. We got to get, get yeah, Ian. All right, you, so you got Tigers over fifty-seven. I um, do. I yeah. Do. Let me. How much I, Casey Mize has worked into that? Casey Mize and Matt Manning does work into that. Okay, so I think in before the you know before the All Star break, let's say they're going to win twenty-eight games and lose whatever the equivalent is. But in the second half, I think that they're going to bring up those pitchers, and I think that that's going to change things for them. I think that they can get up to sixty-one, sixty-two wins. So it's a, it, and I also kind of wanted to have the fun of that. Um, I also I, I I think they've been somewhat smart. You know, they're they're picking up Jonathan Scope, C.J. Cron, Cameron Maben. Um, they're giving people a chance. Austin Roman, who I like, Miguel Cabrera coming in, into camp in the best shape we've seen him in in four seasons. Boyd Zimmerman, oh my God, is he terrible? Ivan Nova's just one half step better than Tanner Roark. See what I did there? And I do have a little bit of hope for Daniel Norris. I always have just a little bit of hope for Daniel Norris from back in his Blue Jays days. So I I don't think they're going to be good. I don't think they're going to compete, but I think they're going to win more than fifty-seven games. Someone wrote something nice about Ivan Nova. Ivan Nova, uh, and I can't remember who it was and what they said, but the, it made me look into him a little deeper, and I, I couldn't find what they were talking about. It might have been just doesn't strike out anybody. Yeah, it might have been. By the way, if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, uh, DVR has a code for you. It's not a code, actually. It's a website you go to, and it'll give you forty percent off a subscription to the Athletic, which is super important now because this week we're introducing the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Challenge. Which uh, I think we're running it with NFBC. Not there's no sponsorship. There's nothing. They're just their their format's awesome. We're gonna be doing the cut line. So uh, get excited. If your team sucks, you're out of it by July. And if it's awesome, you're one of a very small group that keeps making it and making it until the championship in September. And it's gonna be free. And the prize is gonna be like some swag and maybe I don't know boxes of old tops cards, whatever we can get into. But like um, subscribers only. Uh, it'll be fun. Get excited and uh, DVR. What's that? Because I would give out the draft kit one, but I know there's a podcast one that we should be giving out. Yeah, theathletic.com slash fantasy baseball podcast to get 40% off that subscription. Do it.
Don't be lame. Anyway, don't start into Oh my god, I just got my draft <laughs> order for the NF for the uh the great fantasy baseball invitational. Ooh. Oh, I'm in that. I'm a sub. I, yeah. I got a sub entry. Yeah, I'm in. Oh, Jen's number- dad's in my league. Oh crap. I've got I well, I've got Steve Gardner in my league. And the problem with that is um I'm playing him in labor like a week later, and I don't want to. I'm going to take all National League players. <laughs> I could beat all of you. I got Ronus in my league, but I'm picking 15th. Where are you guys picking? I'm picking 15th. Picking fifth. <laughs> all right. Ian, we'll race. <laughs> 15th. Uh, how'd that happen? I actually moved 15th. You know what? To be God's honest truth, I moved 15th up to the fourth in my... By the way, if you don't know what the Kentucky Derby style is, uh, for the NFBC stuff, you get to pick your draft order number. So you can select where you want to pick. And uh, I like 15... I like the back-to-back picks, actually, especially in the slow draft, because um, I can just well, bing-bing and forget about it for like a yeah, day. Yeah, that's good. You could just just sort of like take your guys and move on. Yeah. Interesting format, too. We'll see how it plays out. Hmm. Uh, dude, okay. I love... So are you guys in the Raz Bowl, too? Are you doing the Raz Bowl one? I am doing that. I got a lot going on, man. This is too many. Yeah, but, but the slow yeah. draft, the cut lines are easy because they set the lineups for you. I, I will play a billion cut lines. If anyone wants me in on any drafts and it's a best baller <laughs> cut line, I'll say yes, 100%. And he's taking Mauricio Dubon everywhere. Tweet at him. You will not be getting Mauricio Dubon. <laughs> and I'm, I'm getting Jose DeLeon about 200 picks before ADP just to make sure I get him. <laughs> so <laughs> look out, world. <laughs> he's that, like the sixth inning guy right now. <laughs> Hey, he oh, wants come on. If, th- that dude is 100% going to be in the rotation by the end of the year. <laughs> I, would bet, I would bet almost over anything. Under, over under four starts for Jose De Leon this season. Not oh, you would have said 12. I would have gone over. <laughs> okay. Well, I know, but <laughs> I was doing it for Derek. Over right, under ahead. four starts, Derek. Uh, unfortunately, under. I mean, like, he could have value without making starts, though. I think he how, could be how, a good reliever there. How about this? How about this? How about as, the, as, the, as a follower? Coming in, including including no, as a Reds follower. don't do followers. Reds won't do the follower. You never know. That's not, that pitching coach loves usage. strikeouts. He loves strikeouts, and he loves K, his K. He's increased everybody's K per nine. <laughs> loves strikeouts ho- is the secret word because everybody freaking loves strikeouts. But our secret word this week is hashtag loves strikeouts. How about loves K's so you can have more room for your question? Okay, loves K's. Good call. Yeah, good call. Are we? Are we? Uh, do we? we are we going to get to the? Why don't we go to the Reds now? Yeah, we Let's got go five, to the Reds. We got five minutes. Well, that's we why I got time. the. I got the Reds over. I got the Reds at. Well, I got to get to lunch by one thirty across town. So. We got. Oh my god! Yeah. You, you don't have five <laughs> minutes. I see. I got twelve. I got twelve. Is that fair? go? Yeah, yeah, totally go. Yeah, let's run it. No, I, I got the Reds. I got the Reds over. In fact, in an, in another world, I have Reds winning the National League Central, and I actually have a Reds World Series bet. But for this. I think Akiyama is going to be amazing on top of that lineup. And if he's not, they got Jesse Winker, who should have been the leadoff guy anyway if they didn't have him. Um, I think Suarez will be fine by you know May. Votto has a bounce back. Moustakas and Castellanos are two huge bats in the middle. Um, Freddie Galvis is super underrated. But, I mean, you go to their rotation. It's really like uh, the pitching coach has turned these – like Sonny Gray is suddenly a strikeout pitcher. Castillo's always been a strikeout pitcher. A full season of Trevor Bauer, who probably eats this stuff up, is going to be amazing. Uh, I don't believe Wade Miley and Anthony DiScafani are going to be in there, obviously. I have my own choices, but I think Jose De Leon will be in that spot soon. And I, Robert Stevenson, I wouldn't put it past them to put Robert Stevenson in that lineup. They're in that rotation. Robert Stevenson, Robert Stevenson is a much better chance of being... Oh, no, he's going to stay in the, in the bullpen. And he's actually pretty strong in the bullpen. 
He's doing better. Uh, just you know, he came up as a starter. I kind of still like him as a starter a bit. But the point is, this team's going to be amazing. They're going to lead MLB in strikeouts by at least ten percent over whoever number two might be. Wow, you'll see, man. Yeah, oh, dude, if they're playing a strikeout-prone team this year, and you're into DFS or gambling, like go nuts with the Reds because they're the, dude. Look at every. They turn guys who shouldn't have been strikeout. They turn Kevin Gaussman into a huge strikeout pitcher. They just take whoever it is, and they're like, all right, your K per nine is going to be 12.3 now. Congratulations. You're a red. <laughs> they, they, they've, got the, uh, they've got the little stick from the Astros. Um, 84.5. You know what, Nando? I think you've convinced me. I'm not going to bet on it, but I'll That's take it took. over with you. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. I mean, you know. Thank you, Ian. DVR, you convinced me on one, didn't convince me on the other, but I, I, I buy that. Well, do your Marlins one, dude. Do your Marlins, because that interests me a lot. Marlins got an over at 63.5, and uh, to me, I think this is very low. I think this is a Marlins team. First of all, James Rousen is their hitting coach, and I've said it a bunch on this show. Uh, I'll buy, uh, you know, I just noticed Ian took over hosting. I lost it. There, there is RIP Nando hosting. <laughs> go, go, go. PM <laughs> right. go, go, go. Go, go, go. Look, the rotation's awesome. Great. Let's, I won't say awesome. Nah. Caleb Smith. Uh, you know, Yamamoto is better than people think he is. Pablo Lopez was doing well last year, very well for a while. Uh, their good. bullpen's strong. Uh, but it's really, for me, it's James Rousen taking his Minnesota philosophy and having all these Marlins hit home runs. I think VR is going to get back to his home run hitting ways. You know we love Garrett Cooper. Everyone loves Brian Anderson this year. Corey Dickerson's super underrated. Aguiar is going to get back to his 30 home run plateau. Jose, like Alfaro, just go down the lineup. Alfaro's going to be awesome. Uh, let's not forget Lewis Brinson lurking around in the minors who's got a great OBP. I think this is the year he puts it all together. And then Monte Harrison comes up. So that's going to be the best outfield defense by far in the majors. So you can sacrifice. Fences are coming in a little bit. I don't think enough to affect the road teams. I think it's going to help the home team more as they adjust to where the fences are coming in. Nothing stark, but I mean, that helps their home run thing. But for the road teams, if they start hitting some fly balls, man, Brinson and Monte Harrison are going to get everything that comes their way. This is a team that is like 71 wins for me. And Jazz Chisholm is ready. <laughs> He's not ready. He's not ready. And VR is going to play center field now, they're saying, which means Anderson back to third base. Uh, Diaz is going to be a big thing. The reason I'm over is because of Derek Jeter. I think he wants to start winning now. And I think it, it's something that he's kind of passionate about. It's like, all right, we've, we've done our little, you know, baby rebuild. And I like these pickups. Like the same thing with the Tigers, this Jesus, Jesus Aguiar pickup, um, the VR pickup, the Dickerson pickup. The, these guys make the team better. I do like Alcantara. I like uh, Smith. Lopez is fine. Urena, I don't even know what to say. I wouldn't say it's a good rotation, but I think they could sneak 65 to 66 wins. That's over 64 and a half. That's 63 and a half. Oh, I thought it was 64 and a half. Jeez. I think it's 63. Yeah, it's 63 and a half. Yeah. All right. uh, So Ian has set this up perfectly where he can finish off the show with his final over under. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations. I'm not sure about this one. You did it again. I'm not sure about this one, to be honest. Um, I had the Cubs over 84.5, and the reason I did that was because of David Ross. And I thought, I, I feel like they're going to have more fun playing baseball again, and they're going to bring some of the magic back from from their world championship year. But that bullpen isn't very good. And I think that that might be a, a place where they can, that they're going to suffer. I mean, who are you counting on there? You count on Kimbrell. I, I kind of count on a buyback, you know, a comeback there. J- Jeremy Jeffress? Is is maybe your setup guy? I mean, I, what, I don't know what I'm missing. I do think Lester comes back a little stronger. Darvish is going to be good. Hendricks good. Quintana, I don't know. 
but I'm I'm betting on Ross, the magic of Ross there. But but I'm not. I I, I almost want to take him off the list as as a you know I'm I'm not sure about it anymore. The deeper I looked into it this morning. So what do you guys think? I don't want to touch the Cubs. I don't know which way that's going to go. But I, I mean, like there are some guys in that team, like Ian Happ. I like to kind of bounce back and have a good season. So part part of me says I like the Cubs. Like Albert Amora, I think is being kind of disrespected for what he can do. He's going like super, like he's still in the forties in the draft champions leagues that I'm in, uh, late forties. No one's touching him. I don't get it. So like I think that's a weird team that's going to have a new philosophy. I just I don't know if it's going to take a year. And eighty four and a half I think is inflated because a lot of Cubs people gamble. You know how like the Yankees and Mets are sometimes inflated. I think the Cubs are that other team that, that's inflated a little bit on the over-unders. So, you know, I, I'm taking the Cubs off my list. I've got the Pirates for 30, the Tigers for 20, the Dodgers for 10, and the Mets for 40. That's my final list. Four teams. I've got the over on the Rangers for 30, the over on the Rockies for 30, because I'm really smart, uh, under on the Cardinals for 20, and then 10 bucks each on the over for Cleveland and the over for the Blue Jays. I'm going 50 on the Mets over at 86.5, 20 on the Phillies over at 85.5, and, and then 10 each on the Marlins over at 63.5, Reds at 84.5, and, and Blue Jays at 76. Uh, so optimistic all overs. Do you, do, you, do, do you agree with us on the Mets? I, I, if I had to bet a side, I, I would. I just, I'm, I'm surprised that both of you guys have them as like your strongest bet. And I just think that division and the NL Central would be smaller bets for me on the overs for the teams I like. I think I think the Cubs can go over 84 and a half by the way. I don't think much has changed for the the worst for them, but they've kind of like the Cardinals, they got a year older and they mostly just stayed in one place with the roster. They just they seem like they've got a little bit more quality with the core than the Cardinals do at this time. So that's the difference I guess between those two teams in particular. Fair enough. Well, you know what? The best part about this is we'll know in six months. <laughs> put this put this episode in a time capsule. We should. Transcribe this one, DVR, and we'll print it out, and we'll bury it somewhere. <laughs> I'll, burn it to, I'll burn it to a CD. The three of us, yeah, we'll go bury the CD somewhere during Tout Wars. You know what? We'll hang it up in Vaquero's bar. We'll, nail the, we'll put a nail on the wall and hang the CD from the nail. And I'm sure he'll. I'm sure he'll be all for that. He'll love this. Uh, like, why don't yeah. we just like hack into his music system and just play our podcast on a loop for the next six months in his bar? He would totally love that too. That's the crowd. That's <laughs> absolutely not the crowd that would go for that. Ian, Ian just left. He's like, I'm done hosting this show, and I'm sick of your guys' nonsense. I've been here for an hour, so I'm I'm dropping out. All right. Well, this was fun for the shadow, <laughs> the silence. Ian Khan. Goodbye, my friends. That was very good. For our good friend, Derek Van Riper. Have a good week, everybody. I'm Nando Dofino. We'll see you next week. We'll be talking way more fantasy. So get in line, subscribe, rate, love, secret word, however you want to do it. We're here to help you. Maybe we'll do a mailbag show. Goodbye, everybody. Have a lovely week. We'll see you next week. Yeah.